0: If you have been with us the last couple of weeks, we have been in a little short series that I've been calling Trust the Process. And I'd encourage you, if, if you're feeling tired and weary and you're just trying to get through some of these things we called life, uh, go back and look at the other two. We talked about the first week, Trust the Process. Uh, and, and we talked about the topic of suffering and how suffering works for us and not against us. And then last week, we talked about the aspect of patience in the process. And the process is long. And it's going to take time. And we need to be patient with ourselves, patient with God as he guides us through the process. And let me just elaborate a little bit on what I mean when I say the process. There is this life that we live as believers. And our goal as believers is not simply to be reunited with Christ, although that's the ultimate goal. But if that were only goal, then we would have already been with him in this moment. We would have all dropped dead the moment we said yes to Jesus. And so uh, God has us on this earth for the time that we are here with a purpose. And part of that purpose is growing in our understanding and our love of God and becoming more and more like Christ. The Bible uses a term called sanctification, that process of looking more and more like Christ. How many know the day we said yes to Jesus, we did not look like Christ, okay? Far from it. And so, we are all a work in progress and we are all on this same journey. Some are in different parts of the journey, but all of us are running our own race, trying to get closer and closer and look more and more like Jesus. And so, we talked about how we need to get through the struggle, we talked about how we need patience. And this morning, I want to talk about trusting the process and the need for faith. You're not going to be able to finish this race if you don't have faith. We need faith in order to be a part of everything that God is calling us to do and finish the process. And here's something important because by the very definition of faith, faith is not seen. See, the problem with a lot of us is we wanna know the answer before we start. So we say, hey, listen, if I say yes to Jesus, what are the next 30 years of my life gonna look like? No idea, I have no clue. Okay, well, if I say yes to Jesus, can you guarantee me this, this, and this? I cannot, no, absolutely not. I can guarantee you salvation. That's all I can guarantee you according to scripture. As far as how your life's going to go, as far as the ups and downs you're going to go through, there are no guarantees, but my faith is that Jesus will bring me through whatever I go through. My faith says that I will never be alone in any of those situations, that I have faith that God will be the anchor of my soul and that he will carry me through and that I will make it to the other side in Christ Jesus' name. Now, do I know that? Not really. I have faith in that. Because if I knew it, it would be knowledge. This isn't knowledge we're talking about, we're talking about faith. And faith is not in me, but it's in the one who is guiding me through the process. So if you have your Bibles, I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse one and two. This is gonna be the main scripture for this morning. Hebrews 12, verse one and two, listen to what the scriptures say. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with perseverance the race God has set before us. How do we do that? How do we run with perseverance? How do we trust the process? How do we get there? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. That's the answer. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. There's one way to finish this race. There's one way to be able to do the process in a way that is beneficial and in a way that will end the way we want it to end, and that is by keeping our eyes on the prize. Running steadfastly, towards the arms of Jesus. And so if you're taking notes, again, I'm gonna to try to be brief with this because I wanna give time for those who are in this leg of the race and are celebrating their baptism. But if you're taking notes, the first thing you wanna understand is that Jesus Christ is the object of our faith. Yes. Okay, our faith is not uh, you know blind. I've always hated that term. Christians, we do not have blind faith. Our faith is rooted in the personhood of Jesus Christ. It is sealed in who Jesus is in. And so when you're running this race, as Hebrews talks about, it's important to understand that it's not what we're running from, our past, our sin, our issues, but it's who we're running to in Jesus Christ, okay? I'm not running away from something. I'm running towards something. I am running toward Jesus with everything in me. One of the terms I used to use back when I was single, singles this is a a good thing for you because a lot of times we're trying to figure out, like, who do I date? Who do I talk to? And we're spending all this time looking for another person, I used to always say, listen, here's my philosophy on dating. I'm going to chase after Jesus as hard as I can, and if someone can keep up, I'll introduce myself. Like, like, That's the goal. Why? Because the focus is Jesus, and too often our eyes are off the prize. Our eyes are on our career. Our eyes are on that new house. Our eyes are on that certain someone. Our eyes are on our kids and how they're doing. Our eyes are wandering in all these other places, but how many know when you run a race, your eyes better be fixed on the prize. You can't run a race and then just be looking around life, trying to figure out how everybody else is doing. That is a quick way to trip and fall. So whatever I'm going through, my eyes are on the prize. Whatever I'm happening, whatever's going, my eyes are fixated on Jesus. First Peter chapter one, verse seven through nine says, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible, glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I have faith in Jesus Christ. I can't tell you that I know in the sense of hard knowledge, like he hasn't physically stood before me, although he's done that in this world's time period, right? We talked about that over 2,000 years ago. Jesus stood in front of multiple people, but here's the reality. Even doubting Thomas, one of his disciples who walked with him for three years, who was told repeatedly, I'm going to be crucified, but three days later, I'm going to resurrect. He was told, he was told, he was told. And then after Jesus did it and multiple people came to Thomas and told him, we saw it. happened. He was real. Thomas goes, I don't believe it. I don't believe it until I see it. And then Jesus in all his love and glory actually shows up just for Thomas. And he says, Hey, blessed are you because you've seen it. But even more blessed are those who believe in me and have not seen me. just because like Jesus could show up physically in front of you and you still will have a reason not to believe. There's, a, there's an old quote I heard the other day, talked about critics, uh, and it said, My critics, if my critics saw me walking on water, they would say it's because I can't swim. And a lot of times, that's what we'll do. We'll always come up with a reason for our doubt and our misfaith when our faith isn't rooted in the personhood of Christ. Listen, Jesus has more archaeological support than any other thing. Jesus is supported by all the major religions, Judaism and, and uh, Buddhism. They all believe that there was a person named Jesus. Jesus is just overwhelmingly assured within our history books. But do you have enough faith that Jesus is who he says he is? Because if he's not who he says he is, he's a raving lunatic and we're all worshiping a psychopath because Jesus' claim about himself is that he is God. And so we have to have our faith rooted in Jesus, rooted in believing that he is who he says he is so that when all doubts and insecurities and struggles and wonders come in, we can go back to his word and go, no, but Jesus, you said this. But Jesus, this is who you are. This is how you carry yourself. And so I can finish my race. Why? Because I see you as my finish line. Now, it's important to understand, number two, if you're taking notes, that not only is he that, but Jesus Christ is the initiator of our faith. Jesus Christ is the initiator of our faith. What does that mean? It's that Jesus was the one who started this journey with you, not you. You didn't didn't sign up for this race. Jesus signed you up for the race. Okay? And as God... uh, like he said to his disciples, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And God is not like some of your spouses. He doesn't start a job and not finish it. Some of the spouses, are like, I'm gonna get to that closet, I promise you. I'm gonna fix that step. It's gonna happen this year. Listen, I'm in the same page with you. I got a whole bunch of honey-do list projects that I have not finished. And what do we say to you? I'm gonna get to that next week. Oh, I I was just thinking about, yeah, I'm gonna work on that. That's not Jesus. How do I know? Philippians chapter one, verse three through six. And I thank my God in all my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And he says this, I am sure of this, that he who began, Jesus, a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I'm sure of this, that the person who started, Jesus, is faithful enough to finish what he started. Listen, it's great that we raised our hand and we said yes to Jesus one day, but it's not about what you start, it's about what you finish. A lot of us start things, but Jesus is gracious enough to start and finish what he began in you. Meaning, when God saved you from something, it wasn't to just leave you up to your own devices now. It wasn't just to say, hey, listen, that's great. But it's to say, no, now you're mine. I have started something, and I have every intention to help you finish this and to walk you through the end of this race. I love that Jesus didn't start projects that he wouldn't finish, because here's the truth. We're all unfinished products, aren't we? Present company included. We're all at some place in our journey. Some of the buildings got a little bit more bricks than the other. Some of y'all have already some interior pipes laid out in your building. Some of you are still just a bare foundation with the plan on what's gonna happen. But no matter where we're at in the construction of our life, the builder is Jesus. The architect is Jesus. The one who initiates this faith is not you, it's Jesus. That's why he said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. All you did was say yes to the choice that Jesus Christ made. All you did was affirm and agree that, yes, I will follow you, and I will be everything that you've called me to be. Jesus Christ signed us up for the race. All we got to do now is show up and run it. Does that make sense, church? But then the third thing is this. It's not enough that he signs us up, but I love what it says. Jesus Christ, the initiator and the perfecter of our faith. Jesus Christ is the perfecter of our faith. Jesus said, be perfect as I am perfect. That's a tall order, right? I think we'd agree that nobody in this room is perfect. And so a lot of times what we end up doing is we look at perfection and we say, that's not attainable, and so I won't even try. I'm not even gonna try to be perfect because I can't do it, and so I'm just gonna do what I do. As a matter of fact, I remember one time, this isn't bragging, it's just something that happened, but I was in grade school, I think it's like sixth and seventh grade, and I'm walking through the hallway, and there was a group of my teachers that were all huddled up. And then one of them saw me, and they went, "There he is." And I'm like, "Dang it, what I do?" And so I remember they go, come here, young man. And I'm, I'm like trying to think of like excuses and ways to get out of whatever trouble I'm in right now. And as I get over, they go, "They go, you are the only student in the state of Illinois to score a perfect test on the standardized test." And I remember going, "Nice. Do I get anything?" And they're like, no. I was like, who cares? And then I just walked away. (laughs) Uh, You don't even give me a lollipop or something. Like, I don't care. And then again, like you can can be perfect. And if there's nothing in it for you, we just like, well, who cares? But I love what Jesus is saying here because a lot of times we look at perfection as this far away thing like, dude, I will never get to that. But you're not the one getting there. Jesus is the perfecter of your faith. Jesus is the one that is molding you and stripping things away and adding on to you. Jesus is the one that is perfecting you. So you gotta take the pressure off of yourself to be perfect and allow Jesus to be who he is in your life. To say, Jesus, I recognize I'm not perfect, but I do recognize that you are perfect, and so get me there, God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11 through 14, says that under the old covenant, The priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. That's human effort, right? That's showing up every week to church and taking notes and standing up when you need to stand up, sitting down when you need to sit down, going off, helping out, volunteering. Like, that's human effort. But it's never gonna do enough to make you righteous and perfect. But our high priest, talking about Jesus, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Jesus is the reason we can be perfect. And not that we've already achieved it, but we're striving towards the goal for which Christ Jesus has given us. Forgetting what's behind me and running towards what's ahead of me, knowing Jesus is the one that made this opportunity for me. Human effort doesn't do it. When it talked about the old covenant, it's talking about the laws and the regulations in the Old Testament, the standard that they had to try to achieve in order to be in right standing with God, in order to be atoned with the Lord. And so they had you know, hundreds of different rules and regulations and statutes and all these things that they would try to do. And none of it was ever gonna be enough. As pious as they could be, as religious as they could be, as as steadfast as they can be, and following all the rules and regulations, no man could ever reach that level of perfection in their own strength. But Jesus, the only one who's ever been perfect, laid his life down so that his perfection would be added onto us. And so now, because we serve a perfect God, we are now being perfected in his image to become more and more like Christ. I said this last week, and I think it's always been something on my heart, you may not be where you want to be, but you got to thank God that you're not where you used to be. You got it. Listen, the only time I want to look back is so that I can realize how far I've come forward. Again, I'm, I'm not perfect. I tell you, just personally for me, I'm nowhere near where I want to be, but I am so grateful that I'm not who I used to be. You ever had those moments where you're like, man, if I knew what I knew now and I went back to 16, oh, the choices I would make, the things I would do, the ways I would... Like, but we can't go backwards. We can only run ahead. And so we got to stop beating ourselves up about our imperfections of our past and understand that we're being perfected towards our future and that it's not in and of our own abilities, but it is by the grace of God that we get to get there. Listen, I don't want to run this race to not finish. I don't want to give this life that I've given to not finish what God has started in me. Worship team, if you can help me out. So let me recap real quick. Jesus Christ, the object of our faith. He's who we're running to. Jesus Christ, the initiator of our faith. He's who started this whole thing. And he didn't just start it, but he is faithful to finish what he started because Jesus Christ is the perfecter of our faith. But here's the other thing. If you kind of go all the way back, if you can take it back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse one and two, when it says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, Jesus the champion. Jesus Christ is the champion of our faith. He's the one who won it all. Victory is already ours in Christ Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. He didn't say, I'll finish it later. He didn't say, give me a a few thousand years and I'll come back and finish what I started. No, he finished everything on the cross, What does that mean? That means everything we need to be everything God called us to be was sealed at the cross. When he gave his life so that you and I can live our lives. When he gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins. And then three days later, conquered sin and death by taking his life back. He finished the race. He finished it. The victory is already ours. The victory was already secured on the cross. So all we have to do is catch up to Jesus. All we have to do is run our race. I mean, listen, if you told me, hey, we're all gonna run a race, and there's a prize at the end of this race, $10 million prize, there's gonna be a part of it that's like, I don't think I can win this race. Don't get me wrong. I used to be an athlete, but it's been a while since I've been that athlete. And so initially I look at it, go, well, if I'm racing everybody, I mean, there's a handful of you I think I might be able to beat. You know, if anyone here is over 90, I'm semi-confident I can beat you. <laughs> no offense if you are over 90. But I don't think I could beat everybody. So I don't feel like I'd win that prize. But here's the reality of this race, is that Joey... You're not racing against anybody else. Yeah. You don't have to beat the 90-year-olds. You don't have to beat Pastor Jason who runs 100 miles a day just for fun. I hate you for that. Like, <laughs> And then he's got a post about it. I was like, just, we get it. You're healthy. But I'm not racing against Pastor Jason. I'm not racing against anyone on the team. I'm not racing against any of you. See, here's what God tells me when I run my race. said, Joey, you're not racing against anybody. And all you got to do to win the prize is get to the end. Well, well, how can I win if I don't beat anybody? I already beat everybody. I already secured the prize. The crown, it's already yours. You just got to come and get it. But this race is hard. Yeah, it is. And this race is long. Yeah, it is. And I don't know if I can do it. You probably can't, (laughs) but my grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect in your weakness, Joey. I'll carry you, I'll take you, I'll support you, I'll lead you, I'll yell at you, I'll lift you up, I'll encourage you. I will get you to the end of the race because I didn't sacrifice everything I did for that crown for you not to finish this race. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. As for me, this is Paul speaking. These are some of his last words before his ultimate death. He says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, says Paul, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. God didn't just come to Joey and say, Joey, if you finish this race, you'll get the prize. God didn't just come to Paul and say, Paul, well done, good and faithful servant. You're the only one who gets a prize. He said, no, all of you who have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, who have been steadfast, who have fought the good fight, who finish your race, and who remain faithful, you will receive this prize. What's the prize? A crown of righteousness. See, in in ancient times in, in Greek, when the Olympics were first starting, your prize was a crown, a little wreath that they made for you that would sit on your head It was not a crown of reward, but a crown of finishing. It says you accomplished it. But how do we do that, church? Keep our eyes on the prize. Keeping my eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Church, would you stand for me as we get ready to close this portion out? I'm gonna ask you to bow your head for just a moment. I just want to be clear with everybody. This crown is only applicable to those who have made that decision. The crown is not for good people because not everyone who finished was a great person. The crown is not for people who tried really hard, for religious people, for people who who believe in God. The Bible says there are plenty of people. Even the demons believe there's a God and shudder at his name. No, the crown is for those who have accepted the race that God has signed you up for. In other words, the crown is for those who have said yes to Jesus, the champion who's already won the prize for us. So before I do anything else, sir, ma'am, if you're in this room, I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna make you get out of your seat just right where you're at. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, but today you, you realize There's something missing in my life. I've been sensing it for a while. And I believe that today the Lord is confirming what I need. Here's the reality. Jesus won the prize so that all you have to do is say yes to accepting it. How do we do that? The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord, then you are saved. That's it. You're in the race. But you have to say yes. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, sir, ma'am, if you're in this place and you have never accepted Jesus Christ, or maybe you did at one point, but you've quit on that race. You've jumped out. And the Lord is convicting you this morning. Get back in. It's not too late. There's breath in your lungs. Get your feet back in the race and run with perseverance. So if you've never done it or you need to sign up all over again, if you're in this place and you say, that's me, Pastor, just signal me real quick. Lift up your hand, and we're going to include you in this prayer. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? That's me, Pastor. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. Thank you. Just one more moment for anyone else. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Anyone else who says, that's me, Pastor? I'm not going to call you out just right where you're at. I want to walk you through this. Thank you. Thank you, sir. It's not about joining our church. This is about joining the race that God has called you to. Amen. Church, would you help me out? Let's pray all together. Say, Jesus, I thank you, God, for giving me victory on the cross. So, Lord, now I accept that. In your mighty name, I ask you, God, to forgive me of my sins, to make me pure, make me yours. Help me to run with perseverance the race you've laid out and to be more like you as you guide me now and forever. I thank you, God, for loving me and allowing me to love you. you. I pray this all all. in Jesus' mighty name. name. Amen. Amen. Come on, would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Now listen, church, I want to take a few minutes for us, those of us who've already said yes to Jesus. I want you to think about him for a moment. The worship team is going to lead us in a, a small hymn. And I want you to reflect, are your eyes wandering away from Jesus? Have you been distracted by your job, by your family, by your dreams and your aspirations? Have you been distracted? And do you need to fix your eyes back on the author and the perfecter of your faith? Listen, you may not have gotten out of the race, but you are in danger of tripping if you don't set your eyes back on the one that we need to set our eyes on. And so I want you to just think about the Lord for a moment. I want you to reflect on his goodness. I want you to go back even to the moment where you first prayed that prayer. I want you to remember how much Jesus loves you. And as we sing this song together, I want you to just sing it unto the Lord. One more time, just your voices, lift them up church. Father, we love you. Jesus, we're grateful. You never turn your back on us, God. You never abandon us or forget us. Jesus, you never take your eye off of us. And so, Lord, I just pray, help us, Lord, all those in this room who profess to be believers, to keep our eyes on you, God, to not be distracted by troubles and circumstances, to not be distracted by the carrot that's being dangled before us, to not be distracted by some of the good things in life, God, but to keep our eyes on the greatest thing of our life, the champion, Jesus Christ, the initiator and the perfecter of our faith. And Jesus, this morning, we lay our faith upon you. It is not blind faith. It is faith rooted in the truth of who you are, Lord, I pray that there would be a greater level of certainty in this room, God, that faith would rise up, Lord, and that we would walk out of this room with a greater confidence and a greater love of who you are and who we are to you. We thank you for this all. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone in the room said, come on, would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.